Hello, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson, episode 122. It's actually been a few weeks since we've done an actual episode. We've done a few minisodes. And, uh, but what I will say is, uh, a quick thank you, because we, uh, real quick, I, I'm going to blow through these announcements because we got p- things to get to. Uh, a quick thank you to uh, the listeners that have emailed over the last week. Um, I don't know what. I don't know what what that Dances with Wolves minisode brought on, but uh, apparently people really felt the need to email. Uh, not in regards to that into that uh, that film, of course, but uh, but yeah. And so uh, it really means a lot when people email and uh, talk about what the show has has meant to them. Um, it makes me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. So thank you very much for that. Uh, I will say uh, it's looking like next week there might not be an episode because I'm going to be out of town. Uh, and then this week we were going to talk about Birdman, but as I'm sure you can see from the description, there was a last minute change, uh, that I'm perfectly excited about. So the Birdman episode will be in a few weeks. And then lastly, on January 17th, so just in a couple of days, I'm going to be in Miami and at 6 p.m. I'm putting together a meetup for listeners. Uh, right now I'll just be having dinner with a couple of listeners, but if you are interested in joining us, just email me Tyler at more than one lesson.com and I will, uh, give you the details. So, and I will of course now welcome in my co-host and yours, Josh Long. Josh. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Do I always ask how you are or do I not? I don't think you do. I don't. Oh, okay. In Sorry fact, about that. like in life or on the show, I feel like, I don't know. I, I hope you've been okay for the last 121 episodes. I'm I, you know what? I am make na- up for what I didn't say before. I'm okay now. Now okay. that you've asked, I'm oh, good. So that okay, was easy. but I tell you what, I'm doing great. Here's why. Tell me, Josh. If you look to your left, you will see a, a very just a very famous actor. It's very exciting, and I want to say a special uh, thank you to Stephen Tobolowski, uh, who's been a guest on uh, my other podcast, Battleship Pretension, numerous times. Uh, he put this together uh, and did not hesitate for one moment, and I'm very excited. Uh, so we have a guest. He's been in, well, I'm going to say everything, Just from everything. L.A. Law to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, one of my favorite movies of that year, <laughs> uh, from Psych to Major League. Uh, and so there's a little something for, for everybody there. Um, NCIS last night. Oh, last, oh there yeah. you go. See? Okay. Uh, and it is Corbin Burnson. Corbin, how you doing? I'm doing. Thank you for asking. That's the <laughs> first welcome. time you've ever asked. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing when, great. When I let you into my home, I simply said, "You're doing fine." I, no question <laughs> yeah, involved. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for being here. This is very exciting. Yes, and thank you, Stephen Tobolowski, who <laughs> yeah. we're going to be talking about a film I did, and Stephen actually, yeah, put this movie together. Uh, it, but we can talk I'd about well, that yeah, down absolutely. the line. Um. So yeah. Uh, I found out about this and about uh, you uh, specifically in regards to this new movie, Christian Mingle, because uh, I'm Facebook friends with Steven, and he put out a post that he was in this movie, Christian Mingle, and that it was going to be released soon and uh, on DVD. Um, and he mentioned like what a great experience it was working on it and one of the and he made a joke he said at no point did they try not paying me which is great <laughs> um, and because uh, you know when you're an actor like steven who is in you know movies like memento right but then will also be in like smaller stuff as right. well like it just runs yeah. the gamut as far sure. as hollywood you never know what you're gonna get you never know what you're gonna get and yeah and josh of course works in in a lot of low budget film and so you definitely yeah, know that I, I know that pain yeah <laughs> so um but yeah and uh and i had seen the trailer for the film 
and I didn't know any any of the people behind it. I only knew I only recognized some people from the trailer, and I remember having the thought of, oh, okay, it's a Christian film, and it's called Christian Mingle. I see, and I seem to recall that being a website, right? And I remember thinking like, okay, a Christian romantic comedy that doesn't happen very often. I'm intrigued. Uh, and then I just kind of, frankly, I just kind of, uh, left it at that point, um, because I got distracted by other Christian films like Saving Christmas. <laughs> uh, listeners, you can go back and listen to our two hour episode of that film. Was that two hours long? It was. Uh, well, we had a guest. We had a guest. We had a guest and we had, um, a lot to say. So, um, <laughs> as I'm sure, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yes. So, uh, but I don't want to put you in a position of speaking ill of other people because we already did that. <laughs> okay. So, wow. Um, yeah. What's um, going to happen when I leave the room? <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Um, um, we're like, we're really like, we like to talk behind people's backs. It's a bit, we're trying to embrace a certain aspect of Christianity. That's so Christian of you. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be included in this. We. Yeah. Oh, but if you're not, then I'm going to start talking behind your back. Well, it doesn't no, matter. God right. hears all, but go ahead. Oh, watch out. Just know that. Nope. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, so that was my experience uh, with the film. Just seeing that trailer, mm-hmm. I didn't know Stephen was in it, mm-hmm. and he talked about the experience, and he'd said, and he said that you had written and directed it, and I did not know that, and I thought, oh, immediately I'm more interested, um, mm-hmm. because quite frankly, the idea that it was written by you. A man, like right. you, do, you don't run mm-hmm. across a lot of romantic comedies written by men in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and the idea of a Christian romantic comedy, <laughs> I don't know. I I had nothing but questions <laughs> at right. that point, and so uh, so I reached out to Stephen, and he he connected us, and this happened when Quickly. I woke. Yeah, when I woke up yesterday, I did not think I would be having Corbin Burnson in my in my office, right. uh, but here we are. So uh, so I've been talking for a while. So tell us a little bit about Christian Mang- uh, Mingle. How did this how did this come about? Well, let's go back a, a couple of steps real let's quick. Do it. To, it, it gets a bit into the biographical part of me, but how I arrived at this film. And okay. It, it mm-hmm. gets there in short order. Um, uh, about six, seven years ago, my father passed away, mm-hmm. and I was literally sitting with a bag of ashes. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was raised a Christian scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to, you know, church and Sunday school and always felt a presence. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always had some sort of connection. And my mother would always talk about Jesus, even though she was Cherokee Indian mostly. Mm-hmm. But there was a, uh, you know, it was it was a part of my life, but not a practice part of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm sitting with my dad's ashes. I'm about 54 years old or something. And and I literally, you know, at that point, you know, I've been married for at that point 20 years, 22 years, and all those I have four kids. All those things are all calm and good. But I'm living, sitting with a bag of ashes. And I'm saying. Wow, I, 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 you know, my midlife crisis was more of what do I, what do I think about this stuff? Mm-hmm. I mean, what is, is that it? You yeah. know, mm-hmm. is that all there is? Peggy, whoever, whoever sang the song, yeah, <laughs> Peggy Lee, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, it drove me to write a movie called Rust, which is a, a movie about basically a guy who had been a pastor his whole life, and uh, and I, I was just writing a movie to explore this mm-hmm. creatively. Uh, I wrote a movie about a, a pastor who basically had been married to God, he served God his entire life, gave, mm-hmm. forgave a career, a sports career, forgave family. And all that for, you know, not forgave it, but for, for gone. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, 
he wakes up one day and says, the world is messed up. It's upside down. And, mm-hmm. you know, why aren't you talking to me, Lord? I'm talking to you. I'm talking about you. you yeah. And there's nothing. The connection's gone. So long story short, he has a midlife crisis of faith. He walks out of the marriage, if you will, goes back to a small town and uh, discovers, you know, goes back and finds out where he started and mm-hmm. where it all began and solves a tragedy in town. And through that tragedy, he rediscovers a relationship with God. Hmm. Well, so I, I I wrote this movie, and I I went to a small town in Canada through other other uh, reasons, a town of eleven hundred people that basically funded this movie. I used all real people. It's called <laughs> Rust, and uh, and we made it for about three hundred thousand dollars. And it was in the Hollywood Reporter, like in some sort of back lot, you know, <laughs> weird movies being made in weird places. And I get a call from Sony. Uh, who has a division called a firm, and they had just put out Fireproof, oh, okay. and they said, "Oh, we make fire. We, you know, we didn't know you were a Christian filmmaker." And I went, "Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. You know, I didn't consider myself Christian or really a Christian filmmaker. Certainly. Um, long story short, they go, well, you know, can we see the script?' And we're about two days away from shooting, and I said, "Yeah," and I was a hero in the town. I was like Sony wants to pick up our movie already. This is a little movie with all real people, and. Um, Long story short, they put out the movie, and the next thing you know, I'm making faith-based movies. And hmm. miraculous, I can only say miraculous or you know, coincidental, however you want to look at it, wonderful things started happening during hmm. the course of that movie hmm. that started bringing me and a voice and having a relationship with God, you know, hmm. just out there as it is, you know. Yeah. And I found myself making a movie, and then the next movie, and the next movie, and... uh we ended up back uh, now. Now I'm five or six movies in, and I'm uh, I've got this idea. I said to my my, my uh, producing partner, I said, "Yeah, these movies. I'm starting to get a little pigeon. I'm like, yeah, I'm having to say stuff I don't really believe or feel, or mm-hmm. I'm thinking, and I'm finding myself in a corner. And I'm saying, why can't we just make movies? You know, I mean, why do why do all Christian movies have to be altar call? Which is fine. You know, that's okay. You know, I call it, and with all due respect, and I want to." Cat, you know, clarify this. I call it Christian porn. You can make <laughs> certain movies with certain shots and certain things and demands that need to be in there, and you don't have to care about story, yeah. Yeah. or you don't yeah. have to care about the way it looks. Yeah. You know, you get the right scenes in, and it's it's it's. And, and I don't mean Christian porn. I mean. Christian film is the way porn is made, which right. is just believe, put in the requisite shots. I believe in a past episode in which I don't remember what we were talking mm-hmm. about, maybe courageous. And I believe I said that the, the conversion moment is sort of, I believe I refer to it as the money shot. Right. Uh, yeah, because right, right. it, it yeah. is that it's, right. it's, we're all leading to this. Right, this right, is yeah. what it has to be. And that's what you have in those kinds of movies. So I said to my, I said, why can't we just make movies that are, you know, not because I want a crossover audience. I, I, I never in my single moment have I ever done this to try to make money, try to pander, I, I've done it because I believe in what I'm trying to do. And if anything, I just want to make movies that have Christian worldview in it. Yeah. Good, bad, or ugly, you know, but Christian worldview. And let everybody else decide. Yeah. You know, if, if God's is the beautiful, powerful thing that I think God is, then you'll be led there. Yeah. That's yeah. to be. So I ended up, I, so we ended up making, I said, let's do a romantic comedy. And I just happened upon it coincidentally purposefully, however you want to say it, to the people who uh, run Christian Mingle. I said, I got an idea for a movie, which I had no idea, but it came out of my <laughs> mouth. And I, said, I said, what about a girl who can't find look good love and uh, you know can't find a, a guy, a good guy, I should say, and meets this guy 
uh, through Christian Mingle, and she fills out her profile and all that. And and the only problem is, is she's not Christian. No. You know, she's just used it to get there. <laughs> and long story short, we got the script together. We I wrote the script. They agreed. They said, just don't make her kind of atheist or Christian. Just make her somebody more like you, Corbin, who's yeah, like yeah. exploring. And um, so I get the script together, and I'm sitting with my. Uh, Again, producing partner. <laughs> Sorry, it took so long to get to it. But uh, I get to my producing partner. I said, you know, I wrote a part for myself called The Admiral. And I said, but you know, Stephen Topolowski's a buddy. He'd be so good in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, we have no funding for this movie or anything. I just have yeah. Christian Mingle on board and a script, a pretty good script. <laughs> and um, I said, Stephen Topolowski would just be so good. He's a buddy. And you know, I, I, we, I, we pass in the night. And he says, yeah, I'd love to do one of your movies. And so... I said, uh, I said that, and I said, anybody want a coffee? And I walk around the corner from our office to Starbucks, and who's walking on the street? Stephen Tobolowsky. And I say, <laughs> Stephen, three minutes ago, I was just saying your name about this movie. He's with his wife, Anne. And uh, I said, uh, he's a Corbo, anytime, Corbino, you know, <laughs> I'm there for you, buddy. And so I said, li- really? Is it literally Corbo and Corbino? And, is and Tobo. Co- Tobo and Corbino. Oh, boy. Uh, Corbino. Um, <laughs> and like so I go, back right to, right I, I go back to my business. I said, you know, God's working this thing, man, because I just ran into Topolowski. He'd love to do this movie. Great. We still need money. Three days later, I get a phone call. Hey, Corbino, I'm up here in a place called Turlock, California. I'm doing a speech for a, a fellow up here named Matt Swanson, who's, you know, has to do with Blue Diamond Almonds and all that. And I said, mm-hmm. he's a good Christian guy. And I told him that you want to make these movies. And he goes, give him a call. I gave him a call. And I can only tell you a week later, having flown up there, I meet Matt. He funds the film. Stevens, the admiral, and you know, and again, those are the things that make me. It brought me closer to God because I, you know, yes, you can, just, you know, maybe you can lay it off to coincidence. That's fine, sure. Yeah, nature bumping mm-hmm. into, put it out there, and it comes, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, there's a, there's an interesting to me. I'm more intrigued by the notion that there's this greater Stuart work, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and that's how Tobolowski got me to. Christian Mingle to shoot it in a place called Turlock and uh, and get all these other wonderful actors on board because he was on you know John O'Hurley, old yeah. buddy David Keith was in it and uh, um, Lacey Chabert mm. who's from Party of Five, Mean Girls. So I, you know, and she's she's Christian, she's like me, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 you know, she was just wonderful in the movie. And uh, Morgan Fairchild, who he, I had to have the, <laughs> I don't want to call it stereotypical because I get some grief for that, but the you know the. Christian mother kind of, you know, looking out for her son, making mm-hmm. sure he finds a good girl. Yeah. And she was perfect for that. So <laughs> we had a great cast and we uh, put together a movie that, you know, I tried to not push boundaries, mm-hmm. but just make a romantic comedy that happens to be in that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing that it came together. Like some of the hardest parts of, of the pre-production like right. that came together in what the space of a couple of weeks oh, a couple of, that part came together in a couple of weeks that's and, amazing and that's like old time Hollywood almost yeah. like the, the <laughs> idea of like hey who's that he's gonna be in my picture just, <laughs> just f- almost falling into it and knowing like that I, like you, you mentioned the idea of coincidence some people see something and they see coincidence <sighs> other people look at it and see like yeah but that's very unlikely that that <sighs> would be that, that you would just fall into that. Right, right. And movies are so hard to get funded at all right. that for this to happen this way, yes, I, I personally 
believe that there's more going on there. There's more, and, it, you know, and again, it gets into the philosophical part of our conversation. What is God? Which we could do, uh, you know, three full podcasts yeah. on, if not a lifetime's full, <laughs> or, but, 122 you know, or, or 122 <laughs> episodes about it. But it, you know, you know, it, for me, it's not the the bearded dude sitting up there going, "I'm going to give Corbin Stephen Tobolowski today." It's more of of just this. It's a magnificence. It's a. It's a. It's it's it's. I don't know. I can't tell you. I know. I know what it is. I can define it. It's, you know, I can't say it's, you know, guys standing on clouds with a harp behind them. But, but there's just this wonderful magnificence, the way things unfold. Um, a, A very quick story from the movie Rust, the very first movie we did. There was my first sign, if you will. Um, and clearly is that we're shooting there. It's 45 degrees below in this small town in Canada. And I had this incredible scene where the guy's had a crossroads of his life. And this town we're shooting in has got one main street and three side streets. Yeah. And uh, and there was this intersection. I thought, I'm going to have him stand in the middle of the intersection. The snow's coming down. And I'm going to stand in the middle of the intersection. It was a musical moment. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and uh, and. I'm standing in the middle of this intersection, and I and I'm going to point to the DP and say, "Roll now." When I see my foot tracks get sort of covered, yeah, yeah. so it looks like I'm mysteriously, you know, mm-hmm. with cheap movies you don't have money to like cover up <laughs> footsteps in the snow. You know, you got to actually wait for the snow to fill it out. Yeah. Minus forty five, <laughs> and um, so we're waiting, and all of a sudden we have no traffic control, and there's five cars in town anyway. But <laughs> one of them happens to come across the main street. And I went, "Oh no, stop him! Stop him!" The car doesn't stop. It's snowing. You know, he keeps going out. That's it. And then the next thing you know, a car comes in the other direction, goes up the other way, and I'm like, "All right, shots over." I mean, I've waited 20 <laughs> minutes for my footsteps. Now I get these deep tire tracks. I said, I'm forget sure you, it, forget I'm it. sure you can fix it. Well, I, I, again, I'm not thinking that. I'm just thinking my tire track. It's it's ruined. I said, "DB forget." He goes, "Corbin." Stand still, look up, we're rolling now. I said, the shot tree said, shut up, we're rolling now. <laughs> and you do it. And if you look at it later, I'm in the middle of a cross. Oh. Really? <laughs> I'm in the middle of a cross. It formed a perfect cross. It put me in the middle of it. You know, and, okay. and that's where I went, like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's so, like, stories like that, I, enj- I do enjoy them. I tend not to talk about them because people immediately, even if I, even if I like them and, and they mean something to me, I don't talk about them because other people find them cheesy. And if told wrong, I'd probably find yeah, them right. cheesy. But it's like a movie that I happen to love and other Christians don't is Last Temptation of Christ. Right. Um, I think that movie is marvelous. I, <laughs> I felt some, I felt closer to Christ at the end of that than I did at, at the end of Passion of the Christ, right. actually. Um, but at the very end, it's him saying it is accomplished. And then there's this weird thing of like this, these orange flashes and stuff. And what it, what it happened to be is that Willem Dafoe said it is accomplished right as the film ran out in the camera. And it oh. created this very strange, right, right, surreal right. effect. And Martin Scorsese said like, that's something special. And it's something we never would have done otherwise. Right, yeah. And he chose to keep it in, and that's how the film ends. Right, yeah. And it's gorgeous. And it's just little things like that that uh, you find in filmmaking yeah. all the time. Well, but you know, yeah, it's not cheesy. I, I mean, really, I mean, I guess maybe in, in one ter- one view of it. But it's when you're a filmmaker and you're, you know, you got your script and you hope you have a strong structure to make your thing. You got the actors to elevate material. Eddie Remain, Theory of Everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, good script, but. Elevates the yeah, elevates yeah. the movie by performance, yeah. um, you know. 
it, it things happen and and you just hear you know people's the old stories about how it came together and what happened and film running out like and yeah. that's really the the special stuff you know and then you know of course directors take credit all the time for like yes i planned that <laughs> you know i i that to me is the fun part of it it's the oh, yeah. it's the unknown it's not in a script it's it's the unknown that, that you might get out of a performance of an actor that you never expected yeah um those are the moments i think um, well those are the moments of life for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I wake up and make my list every day. I'm going to come and meet, you know, Tyler and company, and I'm going to do this <laughs> podcast. Say that's that's the given. You know, what we do here is the unknown, and that's mm-hmm. far more exciting to me yeah, than yeah. you know the script, if you will. Yeah. So one of my I embrace fav- those moments. One yeah. of my favorite uh, film stories is uh, during Orson Welles' Othello, which of course he shot over four years. He had yeah. no money. It's right. so just. And then one day he was going to shoot a very important scene and the costumes didn't show up that day. So he's like, all right, how can we do this scene with no costumes? Ah, I'll set it in a Turkish bath. And he did. Right. And it's great yeah. because it's, it's a scene where a, an important character gets murdered. Right. And so now he's being murdered with like very few clothes on. There's, there's actually a vulnerability to it. Right. And it's so much better than it would have been if the costumes had shown up. Right. And it's just that ability to, to improvise in the moment and right. get something infinitely better than you would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> to go back to uh, Christian Mingle, um, so I mentioned that we, that we uh, talked about Dances with Wolves. We're going through all the best pictures and talking yeah, right. about them in that context. And um, But movies like Dances with Wolves and another one like uh, Avatar and that's sort of, And there's any number of movies in which somebody isn't something mm-hmm. and then they find themselves in a, in a certain culture that is not what they're used to. Right. And they just look at it and they think, huh, this is not what I thought it was. Right. And in the same way, there is a movie... It's one of the first Christian movies I've genuinely enjoyed and loved. It's a movie called Believe Me. It just came out this last year. I cannot recommend We did an episode about it. I can't recommend it highly enough. Mm. And it's, a, it's, it's not unlike an Elmer Gantry type movie. I believe oh. that was the, that was the companion yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and it's these guys pretending to be Christians on the, on the revival circuit, you know, oh. to make a lot of money. Right. Mm. But then they're surrounded by Christians and they just slowly but surely start to be like, you know what? Maybe there's more to this than we thought. Right. Mm-hmm. And and your film is kind of like that as well. In the comedy version. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it is. It's it's and it's look, I, I don't really have an agenda. I don't have a message. I don't have a, um, uh, you know, a plan, if you will. And mm-hmm. again, I just try to write from the heart and write what's I sort of reflect what's happening with me. I mean, the character right. of Gwyneth in this movie is somewhat me, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. having surrounded my well, me making these movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I can make a movie of the movie making the movies. I didn't plan any of this, but mm-hmm. being immersed in it, you come across people, some you like, some you don't like, some you respect, mm-hmm. some you don't respect, but you 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 find a different way of looking at God, faith, Christ, um, and you know the larger picture that mm-hmm. I didn't have the answers for when I was held in my dad's bag of ashes. Yeah, and you know again it's not planned, and no. I, I really I, I actually think this movie Christian Mingle is is the final of a I don't know what six movies would be. It's not you know it's no. not whatever that it's a series. There you go. Because um, <laughs> yeah, I feel as though I'm ready to move to another level of it. I've, mm. I've done the I'm discovering my faith movies yeah. mm. um, and my journey to the faith movies. And now I want to employ it 
a little more truthfully to where I am because it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a problem I'm having. Again, I'm finding myself having to say things, do things, put in certain lines right. to please, let's say, distribution and marketing, mm-hmm. um, which right. which I I'm having a a tough time with because I and this whole movie is about being true to yourself. Yeah. If you're true to yourself, yeah. then you find your path, yeah. you know. And and I believe God has a path. As I, I've been, it's, you'll find it trite and goofy, I'm sure. Yeah. But you know, I think each of our paths are as individual as a snowflake, and it, mm-hmm. it, it amazes me that each snowflake, no one is alike, and I don't believe anyone's path is exactly like the next guy's path. So right. this whole notion, you're a Christian, if you do this, 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 you know, a checklist yeah. is not the way to it. Truth about who you are and what you are. And I'm, I find myself moving through this film uh, to a place where truth about what I feel about it is, is, is becoming, is paramount. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't do something else. The journey is exploration. So yes, there's some of it and there's times where I have to be more hard and earnest about it and other times where I can be more questioning, but you stay sort of earnest on the journey. Now that you're there, I want to put my faith in real world circumstance mm-hmm. and let it play out for better or worse mm-hmm. and 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 represent if you will mm-hmm. without agenda saying, you know, it will be better if this guy is the winner, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh I don't think that's a place, but there is a place for it. In, in, in the conversation. Yeah. If you, and that's the thing. If you do it sincerely, that's the key to me. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the apostle. That, the, I'm, a, I love Robert Duvall. Right. And that was, he clearly was very passionate about it. And that was a very sincere depiction of faith. And to my knowledge, he is not, he doesn't believe those things, but he approached it as a human first. Right. And be mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to condemn these characters. I will view them as flawed. And this main guy is, I mean, it's amazing how many Christians saw that film and just thought, Oh, he, that guy's a charlatan. It's like, is he? Cause he right. believes this very sincerely. He merely doesn't get everything right. Right. And last I checked not to be patronizing, but nobody gets it. I don't think anybody no. gets it right. No. Mm-hmm. And, the, the, the thing that we, Josh and I are so frequently frustrated about with, with Christian film, most of it, is this, like you said, well, this guy needs to win. Right. We, heaven forbid, you know, because yeah. I mean, if you look in the Bible, surely Jeremiah, Job, <laughs> Jesus himself, <laughs> David, yeah. you know, anybody, it's like, surely they win all the time, right? Oh, none you know, of them they, do? No, no, really? Right. Yeah. Uh, many of them are persecuted for this? Like, like no, right. nothing in the Bible is as cut and dried as a lot of these Christian films are, where you yeah. kind of know the good guys and the bad guys from the beginning, right. you know exactly what's going to happen, and it just kind of yeah. like plays out in the most boring way you can but imagine. Here's the interesting thing, and uh, Michael Keaton sort of alluded to it in the Golden Globes a little bit, like, I just want to be better. You know, yeah. there's something about losing. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that actually brings you closer. I mean, okay. one could look yeah. at one of the big, you know, the big questions when I was first exploring faith is, you know, the two things that drive people away are are the immaculate conception, mm-hmm. you know, like that's impossible, and and the notion of 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 you know pain and suffering and why would God allow okay. all that kind of stuff and. I, you know, the immaculate conception. I, I can't address that, and you know. Um, uh, of course, my mind says, well, why not? I've seen greater mysteries happen in life. You know, yeah. I, I see unbelievable stuff happen in this yeah. world today. So, And there's just the basic, not to interrupt, I'm sorry, but there's just this basic thing of like, well, if we're all agreeing that we're talking about God, the creator mm-hmm. of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe let's just nothing's extend really it. Yeah. off limits at that. Point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nothing's <laughs> off limits. Right. We can extend a little bit of f- yeah. faith there. Right. And the pain and suffering is, you know, ultimately. I mean, it, it's 
if, if if to bring it down to the most mundane level is, you know, you do get the atheist on his deathbed dying saying, God help me, yeah. you know, and there's something about pain, suffering that brings you closer. So there's something yeah. about losing that for me personally, and you know, we all have those moments you lose and you go, screw it. I'm out, yeah. you know, yeah. and believe me, I do it on a daily basis. And then that passes through and then you go, no, I want to be better. Mm-hmm. I want to know more. I want to, you know, I haven't taken myself to the limit. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that happens. And, uh, um, uh, you know, and, and interesting, it, it sort of relates to all this, you know, there was the big controversy with Noah. Is it real? Is it not? And mm-hmm. Christians hated it. And I sat back and whatever you thought of the movie, it was an okay little action movie to me, you know, yeah. nice effects. But I sat back and as this other debate was going on, but a very heated debate, you know, not heated Christians not liking the film. I thought, I find it fascinating that Darren Aronofsky, a atheist Jew, I don't know if that's can be possible, but an atheist Jew makes a movie about Noah. I thought, is anybody looking at it from like going up, you know, one level up, go, go up a mile high and look okay. at this, like what has driven this guy Right or wrong, or depiction of stone people yeah. done correctly or not. Yeah. What this guy is doing a biblical story. Yeah, the fact that there's something there's something so interesting in that that story that yeah, someone who exactly. doesn't take any stock in the in this the supernatural part of it right. is really drawn in by it. Is drawn in by it. And, and to me, I said, and, and this is the some of the problem I have with the people the the, the Christian partners. I mean, I said that is God, man. That's the hand of God. That is yeah. saying. He's not going to make it right necessarily. He's not going to be like, well, what's right? What's wrong? You know, it's interpretive. It's art, you know. But um, it takes an atheist Jewish guy who's as far away as you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And while faith films are building up and trying to move away from, with all due respect, you know, good people, fireproof. I mean, they, they're, they're doing their thing. I can't, mm-hmm. I don't fault them. Anybody who makes a movie bravo, I say, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you know, here you get it moving into this mainstream with this guy. I thought he's doing a biblical story, man. That's, yeah. is anybody not like just taking note of that, that the, the bigger story of humanity of what's going on here. Well, mm-hmm. and also the stuff that's explored in that film, we're talking about grace. <laughs> we're talking about oh. God taking an interest uh, we're, you know, we have two in, in Russell Crowe's philosophy and Ray Winstone's philosophy. We have these competing ideas of what right. God is and right. his relationship yeah. to humans. Like we, we really liked the movie on the show yeah, right. and just, yeah. and it's this idea of like, so, and, and it happened again. I didn't, I, I liked Noah a lot more than I liked Exodus, but that's also an atheist filmmaker engaging with this material. And anytime a filmmaker is engaging with material, then they're at the very least, they're Required if they're going to do it in any kind of sincere way, right? They're required to explore it sincerely, which is what you said with the apostle with Robert yeah. Duvall, mm-hmm. you know. And I appreciate that. And and in a strange way, I find that to be a stronger hand of God than just doing a hey, you know, let's do an altar call movie and yeah. or let's do a movie and let's try to make money. I mean, mm-hmm. I know the guys that did, you know, God's not dead, and I don't think that any of them saw that coming. And they're true, meaningful people. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you have an, an artist really exploring a yeah. this thing, uh, you know, in in a way. It's not preaching to anybody, but it makes people think. And and yeah. unfortunately for me, I don't think it made enough people think. And you know, you know, I I was out there. I, I happened to like the movie too. I mean, uh, yeah, 
I liked the movie. I, I wasn't, you know, I didn't vote for it. It was no boyhood. Yeah. But, we, uh, we're talking about Noah. Noah, yeah, 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 Noah. But uh, I thought you were talking about uh, the apostle. It's like, oh, God. Yes, I guess God's Not Dead yeah. isn't boyhood. No, no, I can't argue with no, it. No, it certainly isn't boyhood. Uh, uh, boyhood, my favorite film this year. Um, but, my favorite uh, film is The Babadook. Did you see that? <laughs> the what? The Babadook. It's Australian. No. It's wonderful. Oh. I think you would love it. It's it's a salt of the earth. I mean, some of the documentaries are the things that have blown me away this year. Citizen Four just got life itself destroyed me because <laughs> I'm such a big fan of Roger Ebert. Right, and I actually I, I met, have I'm, not seen really. Oh, is it that great? It's, it's okay. It, like, it, admittedly, for me, it transported me to a, pl- a time in my life uh, mm. that I just like mm. watching Siskel and Ebert with my dad, and all mm. three of those people are dead now, and right. just being like and feeling like I was alone. But this is a film that sort of celebrates it. There's a lot going on there. Can we do a little side note of Siskel and Ebert's side note? We have to you know, take these little detours. By all means. Other, otherwise, we're just boring. That's the nature um, of a podcast. Um, is, um, yeah. So I'm, uh, I, I do a movie, uh, the, I think a third movie with Shelley Long <laughs> called Frozen Assets. Um, oh, boy. Uh, I did a, I did a, the first year out of, out of, L.A. law, when I had enough money in the bank and I had a red Corvette and I really didn't need to do anything, <laughs> mm. I get these offers coming in to make these movies. Um, and I had one from, uh, um, uh, 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 oh gosh, I'm, I'm spacing on his name now. Uh, um, anyway, he made a movie called Cousins. It was a, the American version of Kuzan Cuisine, which was mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies ever. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joel Schumacher. Okay. And I had a meeting with Joel. I want you to be in Cousins. And I'm like, oh, God, Joel Schumacher, this is great. You know, I think he had just done Lost Boys or something like mm-hmm. that. And I get a call from my agent saying, nope, nope, Jeff Katzenberg wants you in this movie called Hello Again with Shelley Long because mm. she's coming out of like Camp Beverly Hills or yeah. Bette Midler or something. And I thought, okay. And they said, well, Gabriel Burns. I went, well, that's kind of interesting because he yeah. just done the Shelley and Keats or some movie. Mm. And I, I thought, okay, it's a big high. Jeff Katzenberg, who is boy, you know, wonder at that moment, mm, wants yeah. you in his movie. And it's yeah. sending me stuff for my baby who's not yet born, you know, <laughs> gifts to my house. I said, you better do this movie. And I went, okay. <laughs> Fine against all, so I end up doing Shelley Long movie, and uh, let's just uh, yeah, don't want to diss anybody, but she was terribly difficult in those days, and I swore mm-hmm. I'd never do another movie with difficult people mm-hmm. like that again. And uh, a couple of years later, I get this script called Frozen Assets. This guy's basically mortgaging his house to make, oh, and boy. you know, it's a, but Shelley Long's in it. It was it was kind of a cute script. It was okay, mm-hmm. and I was still looking. I'd sort of missed doing the leads in movies and you know, by choosing that other movie I it was it was Gabriel Byrne and Shelley Long and mm-hmm. Corbin Burns and the Seal oh, Award. Yeah, right. So I sort of missed the boat on getting into the lead where William um uh, CSI uh Peterson Peterson did Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um enough said. Um <laughs> and uh yeah I think he's a fabulous actor by the way. Uh, Manhunter. I love yeah, Manhunter. Uh, anyway, so I do this other movie. I do this movie called Frozen Assets with her, and I'm trying to you know establish I can do some comedies. And, and on script, it was kind of funny. You know, yeah. it was about a sperm bank, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so now we make the movie. It's Again, it's a mediocre experience, I'll, I'll say. It wasn't as bad as the first one. Uh, and uh, 
So I'm getting ready to go somewhere, and I'm in the shower, and remember, because I'm like naked, isn't listening. They're doing Roger Ebert. They're, they're doing their ten worst films of the year. I've seen that episode <laughs> recently. Ten, the one, the, the one I'm talking about yep. here. No. Well, they basically <laughs> said, you know, they go through their ten things. I'm listening. I'm thinking, please, you can't. This movie was nothing. It was hardly released. You cannot say Frozen <laughs> assets. And they're doing like, you know, dances with wool. I'm thinking that's not a bad movie, and so and so. I thought, well, at least if it's in there, these are still movies I kind of respect. Mm-hmm. They kind of and. And yeah, and the worst movie of the year was so and so. Ah, so I'm like, you know, stepping into the shower. And I say, right after this, we'll come back with a movie that didn't quite make the list, but it might be the worst movie of all time. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and uh, and I, uh, uh, you know, I thought, just get in the shower. Don't listen. It can't. That cannot be you. This is impossible. <laughs> you know, they're talking about these big movies. This is, and nobody saw this movie. Yeah. And sure enough, it was like, and we're back. And, you know, you know, we usually put 10 movies as worst 10 movies, but there's one that was so bad that it probably might be one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, and no. they said, and, and, and it had a really interesting talent in it. Corbin Burnson and Shelley Long. Yeah. What drove them to make this mess, the worst movie ever made, Frozen Assets? And I, it was kind of an honor in a strange way. In a way, yeah. <laughs> um, but Especially anyway. because, you know, it's I'm a big fan of, of them, and they, they there's a website where you can go back and watch old episodes. So I, I watched, you know, their best of every year and their worst yeah, of every yeah. year. And, and just now when you said Frozen Assets, I'm like, Frozen Assets? That sounds, uh-oh. <laughs> I remember what that is. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it's... Uh, and what what's, what's interesting when you go back and watch that stuff is Gene Siskel especially, he tended to be most frustrated when there were people that were good then he right. knew them to be good right. in something yeah, yeah. that didn't deserve their level of talent. Right, right, so right, in a way right. you should be honored. I yeah. was and I actually saw him shortly before he passed away. I think it was at the Golden Globes or something and I said I came and he looked at me he kind of knew what I was going to say <laughs> and you know I said it's cool you know I respect because I respected them so yeah. much. I mean that was mm-hmm. probably to date the best two people sort of reviewing movies honestly back and forth. Yeah. Um, and uh and, and and I agree. He was very kind to me, and mm-hmm. it, it was along those lines of like, "What were you thinking?" Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, which is it was fair and unfair because sometimes you look at a script and on paper stuff just looks okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it yeah. looks okay, and it yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, especially a comedy. Like, well, especially a comedy about yeah, comedy sperm is- banks can go <laughs> south very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> very quickly if you indulge yourself into the obvious humor of it. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And I would say it could go north very quickly if you sort of look at it meta- more metaphorically, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, that was my Siskel and Ebert moment. That's, well, uh, they got theirs, didn't they? <laughs> oh, that's, that's terrible. One, I guess that's one way of putting it. Um, Looks like you win. <laughs> I win. <laughs> You're here on more than one lesson, and they are not. So um, I, did, I did get to meet Is Roger, Roger Ebert. Ebert still yeah. has a big movie out. Okay. <laughs> that's true. He's about His film is about to win an Oscar, yeah, probably. Yeah, Either that or Citizen Four. Uh, probably Citizen Four is just like... I mean, the documentaries this year yeah. are so... Have you seen Salt of the Earth? Not yeah. yet. Oh, yeah. And I've heard that. The Overnighters is wonderful. I haven't seen that. He, but, uh-huh. And that's one my, my co-host of Battleship Pretension was telling me about it, and he said that we should do an episode about it because... Uh, and I don't know much about this, but like, there's a big oil boom going on up in, I think, North Dakota or something yeah, like right, that. Yeah, right, right. And... Um, and you just get, you know, almost like the old West, you've got people just right. pouring mm-hmm. into this, into this town. And the, you know, 
the inns are full, you know, the hotels are full and apartments suddenly prices are skyrocketing and that you have people who want, who are there to work and they don't have anywhere to stay. Right. And this Lutheran pastor kind of thought like, you know, this, all these people coming in is good for our community. And these are, and a lot of these guys are people who can't find jobs elsewhere. Maybe they have something right. of a shady past and they just can't. And this is their, this is their chance. Right. But now they don't have anywhere to stay. So he decided like, I'm going to, and of course I haven't seen the film, but he said, I'm going to open up my church, like the physical space of my church so that they can stay there. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that sounds great, except the congregation is not on board. Right. And so wow. the film is about that fight. Wow. What is it? What is, it, what is that one called? The Overnighters. Oh, I have to see I've that. I've heard it's that great. I, it sounds wonderful. No, I know that whole area because when I made that movie Rust I talked about, if oh, yeah. you just go out 300 miles north of all that, that's mm-hmm. where you find this town of Kipling where we yeah. made this movie. Okay. And that whole boon is, you know, is kind of happening there. In fact, we shot in a town of 1,100 people with a $300,000 budget mm-hmm. and there were no... I mean, the motel, one town, the Kipling Motor Inn in this town, was the most expensive piece of our entire movie yeah. because there's no motels. All these guys, the, the oil thing is just yeah. exploding, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, – I forget. I, I have no idea how we got there. I don't uh, we got there all. because I was – Oh, because we're talking about Noah and Noah, stuff and other go. movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah it's uh, – it's, this it's, is not going the way you thought. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, this is going so much better than I thought. Yeah, I don't. Huh. I don't love interviews. Right. Mm. I much prefer this discussions. Yeah. Like yeah. it's. Yeah. Everyone seems to enjoy them more from the people involved to the listeners to everybody. So. Yeah. yeah. It's. Just, I'll tell you the hardest thing in the world to do is go into like one of those Jimmy Fallon or one of those and promote a movie because what they want to do is give you about twelve seconds. Yeah. Of. Here's your movie, if you notice. And then they try to do two or three minutes of that small talk, funny skit stuff, the yeah. pre-questions. You yeah. know, I, I like the Golden Globes the other night. It's like, they got to the end with all the important people yeah. who didn't have any time to make any kind of speeches or thank anybody, yeah. but they had all these ridiculous jokes that all the presenters have to make up for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've always preferred this format where you can, you know... Be right, be wrong, be, yeah. be, yeah. you know, come up with things you hadn't thought about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A conversation. I mean, those, yeah. try to sell a movie in three minutes on a late night talk yeah. show is about <laughs> the most difficult thing in the world. <laughs> and yeah. it's one of the, and it's one of the reasons that you actually find a lot of, uh, some actors, but a lot of comedians, uh, starting a, a podcast is because they have the freedom to do something that they wouldn't be able to, you know, they can do a two hour episode if they want. Right. They yeah. can do, or it can be 45 minutes. Like right. they, they are their own boss. And of course, you know, sometimes it, it yields, you know, tremendous things, you know, you get sponsors and that kind of yeah, thing right. and people pay for it. But either way, they, even if they don't get paid anything, they just love the freedom of it and the right. opportunity yeah. to do whatever it is they want. Which kind of is with my films. I mean, yeah. this is how this yeah. out. You yeah. know, the, the beauty about doing these films the the beauty of it is you 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 you, you take you know five six hundred thousand dollars and you get to do what you want to do yeah. win lose or draw yeah. you're doing what you want to do I'm making a movie with all real people and probably the best experience of my life yeah. up in Canada shooting this little film Rust yeah. um, uh, and you know it, that's the beauty of it you know the 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 hard part the the ugly part of it is that you got to you know push like crazy to you know get it seen mm-hmm, like christian mm-hmm. mingle you know not yeah. to bring it back to that but you know you just got to work really 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 hard because yeah. i would imagine it's a bit like a podcast in mm-hmm. a way it's you know you know getting your 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 vision out through all the noise is is 
all but impossible unless you have those big movies where you don't yeah. have the freedom, but you have the machine. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like that, you know, you pick your poison kind of right, thing. Right, right. It's a trade-off. Tremendous freedom, but no one knows. I will tell mm-hmm. you something. You're younger guys. Okay. You know, sort your lives out. Family, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Find your personal contentment. I will tell you, I turned 60 this year. You'll find far more peace in this life, beauty, love, grace, Mm -hmm. by doing what your heart tells you to do than than trying to make it. And by the way, better shot at getting to the big show, if you want to call Mm -hmm. it, by, you know, designing it there mm-hmm. especially yeah. in this day and time i'd say look back when you could go like if i hang out at schwab's maybe i'll get discovered <laughs> you know yeah there were certain things you could do my father was an agent who was also an agent slash manager pr guy because that's what you did when you had a client mm-hmm. yeah. today there's two hundred eighty-four thousand people in screen actors guild good luck you know <laughs> and but what you can do and, and it comes out in christian mingle it's just be true be mm-hmm. true to what you want to do you know, look, we're doing this tomorrow. I'm going to, you know, or I'm going to post on Facebook this. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people listening here are because I posted my community on Facebook. Maybe those, you know, we don't know. Again, it goes back to what's God's plan. You know, mm-hmm. but if you stay true to what you do, keep it simple. Yeah. I, I, I will tell you, you're, you're doing a good thing. And for a guy like me who's 60, I'm probably more excited if say said you're doing Jimmy Fallon or coming doing this show. This is far more exciting to me. Oh, good. Well, so, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, so we do take that, know, Jimmy Fallon. I'm just saying we do have. Uh, I, I would still like to do Jimmy Fallon. Let's be very clear. I'll, I'll make a fool of myself. I'll have darts thrown at me or whatever the game he wants to come up. With. I'm just saying, how many podcast award nominations does Jimmy Fallon have? You know, there you go. We've got five. We'll never win. But uh, you know, do you realize he could start a podcast and be huge in about two minutes? Okay, uh, I do. Yes, yeah. I do realize yeah. that. Yeah, you, you better hope he doesn't hear this, or he's like, I'll get those five podcasts. Does anybody do a porn podcast? It just I sounds. I have no doubt. No, real, it just like sounds. Well, yeah. <laughs> it seems like there's one for everything nowadays because they're not as hard to put together as, yeah. say, a TV show or something like that. You so. can't watch it. You can only hear. It. And it, by the way, it's just one person. Oh, it's, it's just yeah, just <laughs> with overdubs, just, just a folio. and their cat. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh boy, we're so, off subject now. Yeah, it's a creativity that makes me think. The last couple of days, we had a cat under. We, some there was like this moaning coming from underneath our house, and seriously, at times I thought. There's a child down there. There's something, you know, there, there's something, somebody has kidnapped a child and stuck it under my chimney because this, and it was like, it was cat-like, but it wasn't, you know? And we finally discovered last night it was a cat, and we have no idea how it got in there. Which it was is, trapped in the chimney? or No, it was underneath? under the house, around oh, the chimney oh, yeah. area, in the foundation area. I finally had to cut out one of those, you know, those breathing yeah, things. Yeah. That oh, breathe. yeah. But there's no, in, the frightening part about this is there is no entrance to, there was no way in other than perhaps, if you go down the chimney, you end up in our house. And I don't know why I bring that up. That's I, I've come to learn. At, <laughs> I saved a cat last night. Though. That's, that's very exciting. <laughs> and that's a very good screenwriting book, Save the Cat. Oh, there you uh, go. Do you know that book? I do. I, do. Yeah. I can't. Uh, who, who Save the it? Cat. Who wrote it? Blade uh, or Blaine something? What it basically is saying is start out your movie, have your hero save a cat, and you can do whatever yeah, you yeah. want with the, with the, with the movie uh-huh. at that point. Yeah, it's uh, being a cat owner. I've come to realize that cats seem to be be able to get a place through sheer force of will. Like they can just will themselves somewhere under my house with no entrance. Yeah, I don't know how you got there. Oh, you wanted to be there. Okay, got it. That's what Um, did it. So, I want to talk a little bit about um, something important. Okay, I guess I don't know. It's um, but. 
You know, it's uh, frankly, I'm, I'm, I need to, I need to keep myself from just asking you for a million stories because I forget you have a million stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, like the time you were told you were in the worst movie of all time by <laughs> right. by uh, Siskel and Ebert. Um, I don't know. No, I wasn't story. told. The entire country yeah, was told. told about you. You yeah, got about to listen me. as I they was told naked everyone. about to get in the shower. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if I'm you ever feel- want to see the thing go small, that's when it happens. <laughs> oh my! Just okay. like I'm feeling a bit vulnerable right now. Yeah. yeah right. Um, but. Uh, so, I was naked when they said that. That's yeah. just that's frightening. Yeah, right. it's like uh, it's like knowing where you were when Kennedy was shot. Right. Um, where I were did. you when you found out Frozen Assets was the worst film of all time? <laughs> Certainly that year. Yeah. What do they consider the worst movie to be all time? I know they didn't. I know they didn't like Million Dollar Duck. I think that's one of the movies they actually walked out on, which they never do. So they didn't walk out walk out on Frozen Assets. So that's a win. No, they didn't. But they, I think at that time they said, I mean, they didn't say it about worst movie. They said it's you know probably. And I think goodness, they never did the ten worst movies of all time, or maybe they did <laughs> of all time. I don't think so. Okay. He's um, got that book that is movies he hated. Yeah, They're not really ranked, but it's kind of the uh, polar opposite of the great yeah. movies book. So yeah, they did seem to hate North. They they really oh I remember hated that the movie one. North. Yeah, but um. But that's neither here nor let's not be <laughs> let's right. not let's be negative. Let's talk about all the movies they yeah, hate. I don't want to be negative. Uh let's let's go positive. I'm sure they would love Christian Mingle. Cheap plug. There you go. <laughs> yeah. In fact I'm wait, what's that? I'm listening to them right now. I'm gonna do what I did with my mother yesterday on Facebook. I have her reviewing my movie from the grave and I'm just gonna say what I think she's saying. Uh, that is a cheap tactic. That's the it's you know what? It makes it's easy to do though. Be like, what would, what do you think so and so would think of this? Like, oh, um, I think they'd be in favor of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, right. you, you stand to lose nothing except maybe <laughs> right. a little bit of self respect uh, right. by, by doing that. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I want to actually go back to, uh, so at what point, cause I mean, you've been in this, you know, been in this business, you know, 35, 40 years, 40 right? Years. Yeah. Well, I've been around it forever because my mother was an actress right. for right. 45 well, years on The Young and the Restless. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Um, so at what point did you decide this is, you know, I want to go into the family business oh, like uh, right away or very, no, very, very clear at the beginning. I was interested in it because I, I, we saw fascinating people. I saw fascinating writers, mm-hmm. losers, winners, you know, playing poker at our house and mm-hmm. drinking and having fun and creative and going to the set of Gilligan's Island and, Uh-oh. oh yeah, set and, uh, going That's to Gilligan's I'm Island. I'm a huge fan of Gilligan's I Island. I sat there and I was, way. I was, I would go to my mother to the sets. I remember seeing the Ponderosa Bonanza oh, yeah. for the first time and the, and the Ponderosa, their, the exterior of their house was on soundstage at Paramount and all that stuff fascinated me still to this day. Hmm. When I go on the soundstage and that smell of like fake foliage, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, it takes me to this place in Gilligan's Island, you know, to see that that campsite with all the huts was yeah, on yeah. this one large soundstage, with, <laughs> you know, a panorama of, of trees and uh, it's just unbelievable. Huh. Um, so I, I loved it mm-hmm. and I wanted to be a part of it. And then there was a part that I said, you know, I sort of saw what it did to my parents' marriage. And I saw the ups and downs and mm-hmm. the Lincoln and Continental in the driveway being repossessed and back and repossessed. I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't want any of this. I grew up in Beverly Hills. We, we sort of grew up poor in Beverly Hills, I like mm-hmm. to say. My <laughs> friends were getting like, you know, barracks kudas for their first car and <laughs> you know and porsches and things now are we talking about the car or the fish the car the, the, yeah. okay right. <laughs> maybe both maybe yeah, both. maybe both <laughs> um but you know and and i was i was sort of having to like play the game and pretend i thought you mm-hmm. know i don't want any part of this yeah and i actually wanted to go into law i actually i was fascinated <laughs> by the space program i was fascinated by kennedy it's funny you bring it up a moment <laughs> ago i was actually at the ambassador hotel when robert kennedy was killed that wow, night. really and those things
things kind of changed my life and said, I want to be a little bit more real about what yeah. I do. And hmm. I was actually thinking about going into, it was pretty visionary at the time, space law. I thought, you know, hmm. if you're going to go into law, why don't you go into a place where we haven't been and hmm. where law is going to be made? You know, where do these satellite things they're talking about you know yeah. mm-hmm. who owns them who owns the space the airspace and I'm, that's yeah. actually what i wanted to do hmm. well uh <laughs> i owned a 66 camaro which is and i paid for you know by myself while my friends were driving brand new porsches <laughs> and um uh and my father was one of the first guys to make black exploitation movies he mm-hmm. did a movie with jim brown fred williamson and jim kelly called three the hard way okay um and uh, with Gordon Parks Jr. directing it. And uh, um, so I get a call from him one day, and I'm at this point at UCLA. No, where am I going to? I'm going to San Diego State studying philosophy. I'm still in my pre-law days. And he says, uh, hey, Corbin, uh, you know, would you, you know, would you like to come up and I got a little part in this movie, three day test. It's uh, not three day test, uh, um, three the hard way. Oh, three day test was one of my movies. Um, <laughs> And I said, well, what is it? And he said, well, you know, I'll let you look at the script. And I look at the script. I was familiar with scripts. Mm-hmm. And in the, it, it, you know, it's at the beginning of it, Jim Brown comes upon this young couple that said, a pair of naked young limbs thrashing in the backseat of a Rolls Royce. And I went, am I the naked young limbs boy part? And he says, yes. And I said, okay. He goes, so here's the deal. He says, your I'm going to give you 900 bucks, but I want your Camaro. We're going to blow up the Camaro. And, uh, but we're going to give you the production van at the end. I'm thinking, like 900 bucks naked girl making out jim brown and i like my camaro but at that point it wasn't sort of classic it's just an old car yeah and and i'm going to uh um uh i'm gonna get the production van mattress in the back much cooler <laughs> so i thought deal i'm in and i go there and i make that movie and, I, and that night i promise you, i'm at san diego state going to school not i'm sort of muddling my way through not digging you know, metaphysics and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I see, I make out with this hot girl that ended up in a sleeping bag, improvise on the spot. <laughs> I don't think they had the Rolls Royce or something. Yeah, or they couldn't shoot it. So I'm yeah. making out in a sleeping bag, which was better because, you know, we we're really going at it and she's hot. And this I, is your dad. Your dad my is dad's right there. there. My dad is there. The car gets, uh, my Camaro gets blown 20 feet in the sky. <laughs> I get handed 900 bucks and the keys to the production, man. I went, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And it was, that was the, the moment. Sat- the satellites I, can work themselves I do not out. remember leaving San Diego. I just remember going to UCLA and enrolling in the uh, theater department there. Wow. And literally, I think, to this day, I'm not sure that I ever told anybody in San Diego that I was actually leaving the school or my apartment for You that might matter. still be enrolled. I still might be enrolled. But somehow, you know, you those, days, of- those days it was easy. So I got, you know, I got into UCLA and went to the theater department and then I got my master's degree in playwriting there. Mm. And, oh, interesting. And I became sort of, uh, you know, at the beginning of it, it was just, I was fascinated by it all. But, uh, oh, what it was was I called my mom and I said, you know, I mean, it wasn't quite that easy. I called my mom and I said, um, I'm, I'm thinking about becoming an actor. And she is, you have my, she, very serious for a woman who's an alcoholic and kind of crazy. And mm-hmm. she says, you'll have my blessing, but I want you to learn your craft Love your craft. Don't do it because of the money. Don't do mm-hmm. it because of the girls and the fame and all that. If you mm-hmm. love you, because you will fail mm-hmm. and you'll be have a horrible life. Learn your craft. Love it. And and I took those words and she and then you have my blessing, which meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And um, is that a fire alarm going off here? Yeah, somebody's probably cooking. I'm going to take a break for one moment. Okay. 
Okay. Um, so uh, we should probably actually start uh, wrapping up. Uh, sorry, everybody. There's probably a, there's a very abrupt break there because my smoke alarm was going off. So I, I was worried that I was going to burn to death here <laughs> doing this podcast. You know what? It'd be I'm worth all- it, though. See, that's not going to happen to Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, that's a, that's no, pure just, podcast. I was right just there. burned to death socially and metaphorically on Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Um, but... Uh, so I had I had a quick question. This is something that I ask uh, everybody that uh, that comes on, like you know, uh, a- actors and writers and stuff mm-hmm. that uh, that have achieved a fair amount of success as, as you have. Um, although you're fairly, you're, you know, you're relatively new to the Christian thing, right? And so, as opposed to somebody like you know, like a Doug Jones or a Tom Wilson who were raised that way. Um, so I'm interested to see what you wind up saying, uh, and you're kind of heading that way artistically which is the idea of being true to yourself and that sort of thing um do you have any suggestions or advice for let, at the moment let's say anybody looking to break into the industry but maybe even more specifically christians looking to break into the industry and maybe even more specific people looking to get into the christian film industry mm-hmm. and maybe even trying to improve it well well it is but it really comes down to one easy answer i think one of the last things we were saying is that i you know i I threw these wonderful things and making that movie with my dad and ending up at UCLA. I got, um, they wouldn't let me in the master. I got through my bachelor's degree and they wouldn't let me in the master's program of acting because it was all Oklahoma song and dance. And that's not me. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I respect it and it's great. It just, I'm Hugh Jackman. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, um, I ended up in so my uh, had an undergraduate teacher who had read a couple of my you know undergraduate one act plays and said why don't you go into playwriting mm-hmm. and I had a wonderful re- a teacher named Carl Mueller um, and we really really he, he approached it both structurally and philosophically you know the big question he said is you know what is the purpose of what we do is it to hold up a mirror to the world and say this is who we are or do we lead. You know, and it's still a question I grapple with. Do we do we make what we are? You know, is, yeah. is making all these violent movies today is it that is that just us holding up a mirror to the world we are, or are we in fact promoting violence by creating violence and yeah. creating that situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one thing he said. But the other, he just he just it was so simple, and it's still so simple. And it's the answer to your question. It's story. Mm-hmm. It's story. It just comes down to story. Uh, with all due respect, wonderful filmmaker Paul Thomas Anderson, I, I just couldn't get through Inherent Vice, you know, because at the end of the day, and you, you may disagree and love it, and people younger than me seem to like it, and I have a reason I think that's happening, is, you know, I just didn't feel story. I didn't feel compelled to follow somebody, a uh, nightcrawler. Mm. I unbelievable performance mm. Jake Gyllenhaal but at the end of the day I mean didn't really have somebody to root for and those are old fashioned things that's mm-hmm. when I tell when I mean story I mean when I sit down and tell I have four sons when I tell them a story once upon a time there was a this therefore this this is the obstacle the wolf's there gonna eat you whatever you gotta get past it mm-hmm. and you don't always have to win yeah. it's not that you know we've talked about winning yeah. but there's a logical conclusion to the story and the obstacles that you put there and it's the thing that draws us forward i I always liken it to a car wash you know you put your car wash you put your if you ever watch a car wash the thing that pulls a car along is a little thing that pulls that tires it's where you put your car in neutral yeah and it pull and then you get the brushes and you get the this and you get that but you have to have the hook that pulls you through Mm -hmm. a film and 
I just think that's all too often forgotten, especially mm-hmm. these days with, with all due respect to you guys, let's call it the MTV generation that, that place so much emphasis on, on, I don't want to just say style over content, but, you know, we can get razzle dazzled with lights and yeah. craziness mm-hmm. and spectacle feel the spectacle and yeah. feel that we've been moved. And you can. I've been moved to tears by, yeah, that I've been moved to excitement by rock and roll that's just loud, you know, yeah. and, and and it works on some level, but I don't think it works at a deep, deep human level where it sort of it, it informs you about who we are. Mm-hmm. It works yeah. you on a sort of visceral kind of excitement level, or even sadness. Um, story yeah. and the problem I have with Christian film is it's so bent on making the outcome fit the agenda yeah. hmm. that you don't give truth to story. And does, it, does it give you the feeling that it's kind of just telling the same story over and over again? Yeah. Just in yeah, different ways? I mean, yes. I mean, I see different shades of the gray, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I see different shades of it, but it's, but it's, it's, I'm never look in most movies, you know, most movies, even still story is done and you know, boy's going to get girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. do, but it's the journey. It's the car wash. It's yeah. the, well, how many, wow. Have you ever seen, I mean, I love going through the car wash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I love it, but I know that I'm being pulled by something that's deeper. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it is the same thing, but you, it's more that you know that you kind of, there's not enough stuff to pull you through that you yeah. mm-hmm. get sidetracked to knowing the ending, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and it's and it just, it's, it's, it's just because it's, it's so agenda driven, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's agenda driven that you kind of, eh, okay, that's not really an obstacle. That's yeah. not really a, mm-hmm. whereas if you really have somebody, and I believe ending this with, with this is God wants us to question because question, defeat, all those things bring us actually closer to mm-hmm. his light and his love. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. And, and I've met more Christians on my road here in my journey who I, I think I'm more Christian than you because <laughs> at least I'm questioning. I don't, I, yeah. I don't take God for granted. Yeah. I don't take it as a given. I don't take it at the end of the car wash. My car is going to be spotlessly clean. Yeah. You know, in fact, I'm looking for the, the, the specs they missed on the window. Yeah. You know, hey, Jose, you forgot to dry over here. You know, because that's racist. <laughs> but we live in Los Angeles, so let's clarify. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and, and I think that's the problem. I'd say be true. Be true. Be, you know, and it doesn't mean you can't be a full-blown Christian. Now, that sounds terrible or weird. But, <laughs> but, but be truthful to your journey, because I don't yeah. believe anybody... Even the deepest crit don't have doubts and moments oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and and explore those doubts. That's that that's what I think we have to do. If you're just out there, you know, spinning one of those things on the street corner says buy mattresses here, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's lame. Yeah. You know? It's yeah, lame. I, I think dealing with the struggles and the doubts, like you said, is some of the most uh visceral and some of the most interesting stuff in, in film. Christian or no, really. Um so right. I, I definitely agree with that. And so I would say write to that, write truthful, right? Yeah. I, I'd like to see more people that are no faith or no some inkling of it in them and you know and and i'm a, you know i'll say something's dangerous for corbin bernson to say we made christian <laughs> movies whatever your faith is no. you know i happen to believe god is god is god mm-hmm. and i'm not going to get we promise we wouldn't be political or anything yeah but wherever you go around the world god is god is god is god that thing that the everybody 
you know is magnetized by mm. is god mm. and look you know you may see it culturally this way and through this language i see it this and you may see it through that and i see it through, mm. you know I, I i think god is god is god and god is all powerful and, yeah. and 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 i think part of the beauty of the world is we do have different languages <laughs> tastes colors yeah. you know uh and and um but i think i encourage anybody to to yeah, I, I encourage anybody in this day and time. I, I encourage people to explore faith. I think it's a component of life that we have, in our race through technology, are are giving up a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I love technology. It saves lives. It makes what you're doing here possible. Yeah. It's it's a wonderful way, a communication tool. Uh, but we have to be careful we don't lose our humanity and faith. I think sometimes our humanity is ra- rooted in this thing we used to call faith. Yeah. And I see people abandoning that too much for two reasons. One is the technology, the, you know, the technology through the car wash, that thing is zipping us through. Yeah. And, and the other is that the, you know, political and social agendas of faiths, which yeah. are, just, you know, we see what's happening around the world, yeah. not to get political. But we see what you know what happens when you you just the dogmatic element of it, yeah. the extremist element comes into play. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's that's what happens when you don't question. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, right. Yeah. When you and don't get me wrong, like I I believe obviously I believe that what I think and what I believe is correct. I be, people don't believe something if they don't think it's right, correct. Right, right. But at the same time. Like once you really dig in your heels about every single aspect of it, because right. there are things that are like you know genuine, like this is important. But then there are things that are matters of conviction. But eventually, but I think some people in any religion will take every single aspect. You know, it's interesting. A moment ago, I'm, I'm I've got like five different thoughts. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like you talked about, everybody's path is a little bit different, and right. I think that's true in faith, uh, certainly. In that specifically. This idea is like my personal convictions might not be the same as Josh's. We're both following God. We're both following right. Christ. But that might look a little bit different. But the minute I start to say, wait a second, you shouldn't be watching. One that's near and dear to my heart is when people say, when Christians say, you shouldn't be watching R-rated movies. It's like, mm. really? Because I felt really close to God at some of the end of those Christ- uh, right. those rated R movies. But it's like, but if that person doesn't want to watch them for themselves for whatever reason, fine. Right, mm-hmm. right. But it's when you start to do that other thing and really dig in your heels uh, and you're not asking, well, why do I believe this? And why is that? And you could even come to the end. It's like, well, this is what God, you know, you know, uh, movies with like a lot of nudity that might affect me specifically in a very negative way. And thus I need to stay away from that. Asking that question caused me to come to that realization. And thus that's completely me. It might yeah. not be you. Right. And so I feel like and it doesn't yeah. make me any less close to God. Exactly. And that, that, that is the huge thing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Be true. Yeah. Christian filmmakers, be true. Mm-hmm. It, it, like you said, there's so many, the most Christian movie that I've seen in the last, my lifetime mm-hmm. was the fighter. I love the mm-hmm. fighter. Mm-hmm. What does Christian Bale do? He gets on his knees yeah. and he says, God, please don't let, I think I paraphrase, but don't let what's happened to me affect my brother yeah you know and it, there's a wonderful moment in there and i, I wish i knew it better because i quote it often mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. did but the fighter to me is one of the most beautiful christian movies there are mm-hmm. and oh, one of the i i gave a talk at my old church in missouri where oddly enough this little church in southern missouri with a lot of older people they were always actually surprisingly supportive of me right. going into film which is not something you run across very often but one of the things that i said is that to me, one of the most Christian films at its core is Pulp Fiction. 
you have a guy <laughs> who's on a who's on a very specific course and one that I would say is negative destructive he's a right. hitman right he enc- he has an encounter and again we, that goes back to what we were talking about before one guy sees happenstance the belt the bullets happen to not hit us from four feet away right the other guy says, no, this seems pretty significant. And immediately it starts working on him, working on him. Right. But it's not easy. He like he's he's in the moment of, you know, you, you caught me in a transitional period. Like, even when you make this decision, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to be who I used to be. He that that choice is immediately challenged in the coffee shop. And he has that. I'm trying. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Right. And it's like that's transformation mixed with like personal choice and responsibility knowing like that's there but that's of course it. how many christians <laughs> no. ha- would have hated no Pope because Fitch. their rule says you can't have profanity you can't have yeah. nudity you can't have violence you can't yeah. have that so they're precluded from it and it and, it, and it's a shame you know mm-hmm. it's 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 look the beauty about you you, you got a thousand movies on your wall here you talk <laughs> about movies you love movies the really, really good movies, I don't care what's in them. You mm-hmm. know, they, the ones that we love, the ones that make those lists, the ones that get where from boyhood this year to Pulp Fiction to mm-hmm. whatever it is, they often touch on humanity and who we are and they enlighten yeah. mm-hmm. us as to who we are. That is Christian at its core. That is God at its core. To to enlighten us and the human condition mm-hmm. and and to... Even with the violence and the whatever, to just say, I, I'm i going to quote Michael Keaton again, I just want to do better. Yeah. I want to be better. And, you know, there's it goes back to a quote that uh, Roger Ebert said about movies. He said, movies are a machine that generates empathy. Right. You watch it. You're, uh, the, I would say all of them, but the good ones especially, yeah. <laughs> uh, where you see this is one person's vision of the world filter through their own personal experience and philosophy i have my own now let's in our by you making the movie and me watching it and then talking about it and thinking about it we're engaging in a conversation and seeing each other's point of view right and that's and and trying to see something you know almost seeing others putting others first seeing them as better than yourself seeing them as people first and that people that are loved like that's christianity right there right. and so it's you know uh, we've gotten fairly lofty here at the end but that's, well we that's did okay. but the, the the place to bring this back yeah. and it's a you know we'll come back and do it again another time the hard part is and we've given our advice there mm-hmm. if, if somebody's heard it yeah the hard part is being the filmmaker is we're in this incredible transition period where if I don't sell and market my thing, and in some cases, there there are a couple lines in Christian Mingle that I was told, put those in and it will sell better. Yeah. I'm not going to say, you, you watch it. And make you I'll see if I can figure it <laughs> out. You, you'll, you'll figure it out. Because It'll be a pretty, fun challenge. They're pretty on the nose. Okay. And um, the, the hard part is everything we're saying is beautiful. I believe it's driven by God. And we're here, the three of us, for a purpose today. And I, I believe that. And maybe you guys believe that. But the the... The, the hard part is there's a, a, a change that's about to happen. And I believe more people are like the three of us than are of, let's just call it the old guard. Mm-hmm. And making the transition from Charlton Heston mm-hmm. to to what we're talking about is really, really difficult in the real and practical world. Oh, yeah. You know, selling, let's bring it back. Let's finish up with Christian Mingle. You know, 
now what now what is this film christian mingle i've I've, (laughs) this is the first time hearing of it yeah this film christian mingle it ultimately is a culmination though Mm -hmm. it is and it's it is the culmination of me saying we each have our own path yeah and Mm -hmm. and you know i do it in a sort of light comedic not very deep kind of way Mm -hmm. um and yes the girl says i want jesus in my life and i'm okay with that i thought you know what that's not terrible. That's it's you know. I, I want Jesus. I mean, state what you want. I mean, yeah. that's one thing you learn in screenwriting. Mm. Um, well, and that's the other part of it is like there are like three or four conversion scenes in the Apostle, and it doesn't bother me at all because right. it's organic. Right. Yeah. It comes from the character. It right. Comes from the person. Right. Yeah. And I believe that happens in this movie, but it's really, really difficult. Young filmmakers, I can tell you, be truthful, tell story, you know, uh, create comp- all the things you learn in any screenwriting book. Save the cat, mm. you know, but. <clears throat> when you get down to the marketing of the film that's where you're going to find a struggle because if you want placement on the shelf if you want you're still sort of told by the major distributors of christian film do this or it won't sell and the truth is and this is that nut to crack and you know i try to do it and i want to do it the nut to crack is how can I reach this audience we're talking about? How can I reach the millions? And it's generally younger, yeah. I have to say. And it's odd for me to be a 60-year-old guy who's recognizing, but maybe it's because I'm late to the game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the, you, you just trying to get out there and how you, you, you do this, how you make a Christian film that, distributors will you know of course the first one that works everybody will go okay that's the new that's the new formula right you know <laughs> oh yeah but um i think you have to grassroots i think you have to go out and find these you know i think that's why i'm here sitting with you i think you have an audience and yeah. i'm going to bring my audience to your audience and it's it that's probably i may not get the benefit of it yeah maybe the guy behind me mm. you know and that's okay as long as yeah. i'm part of the yeah car wash yeah, yeah. <laughs> there as long we go brush i like that i like that we got a you got a metaphor in there and we're sticking with yeah, it okay and i think we're gonna have to end there because i know that uh can i do a faith-based movie about a car wash I think you can. Uh, next, you there we go. You can do a Christian remake of the film Car Wash. Oh, there that's, you go. My, that's my vote. Christian Car Wash. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so um, so ChristianMingleMovie dot com is where you can go for information about information. It. See the trailer. Look yeah. at that, and uh, you know all the typical places to sell DVDs. We had a little short theatrical run, but it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, to get it out there and compete with other films. Yeah. But we did really well for the couple of weeks that we were out oh, in great. five different cities. Okay, good. Um, and it was wonderful because it, it is a movie that I shoot movies to look big and feel like they can be in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my company's called Home Theater Films with the idea that we're giving you theater quality movies yeah. that, you know, we just typically like you to watch in your home with friends and family at an affordable right. price. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It's one of my missions because it's, yeah. you know, especially at this level. But uh, you can go to Home Theater Films, find out. You can actually buy the movie there with signed posters. Right? Signed posters. <laughs> signed posters. If, you know, it's so in, in, but then you go to the other places, the Walmarts and all that. And, yeah. Uh, all the typical places. Although it, it, the struggle today was it, Walmart didn't have it up on its site. And it's those are the little things. You're like, why yeah. isn't, we were told it sold out 
But uh, that's not sounding right. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, something sells out. It still shows of, up on the website. Yeah, yeah, it still shows up on the website. So, you know, welcome, the internet to, welcome to my out. world. <laughs> um, plenty of people sell out on the internet, but the internet itself yeah. does not sell out. But you can find so. it in all the typical places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. Um, as I said, uh, it's looking like there will not be uh, an episode next week just because I'm going to be out of town and we just couldn't. I'm Birdman? What was that? That one's not. No, the next one would be about driving Miss Daisy. Oh, okay. the, the little half hour mini sode about oh, okay, it. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, I think, uh, that's about it. So you can find us at more than one lesson.com. You can email me, Tyler at more than one lesson.com or Josh, Josh at more than one lesson.com. And once again, I do appreciate all the, all the emails that people have sent in over the last week. Man, Dances with Wolves will, it'll just bring it out of people, apparently. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> None of the emails mentioned Dances with Wolves, uh, by the way. I just, it seemed to be a weird coincidence. Um, but, uh, and then you can, of course, follow us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at More Lessons. You can follow Josh. At the Josh Long. At the Josh Long. Now, you, are you on Twitter? Yeah, Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson, there yeah, it is. Yeah, Corbin Burnson. All right. I am. I so, tweet. I do more Facebook. Okay, mm, Facebook. I do, I, well. Facebook's right. my, cause I, I, yeah. I have a hard time with 40 words or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, As you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I tend to be a bit verbose myself. So, um, okay. Well, I think that is about it. Corbin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And we like, we got to so, I say this in a good way. We got to so little of the questions on my list. We could genuinely have you back and talk more about stuff in the future, which I would love to do I, uh, sometime. I'm, I'm the because next time you have a movie, it's an out. important step. Well, or another time if you want to. Indeed, if this does well, if this does well. <laughs> so, well, it's a, it's a it's a Christian podcast about movies. It's only ever going to do so well. <laughs> so I'll tell you in advance. Uh, we can make but, it bigger. Uh, absolutely, uh, no question you about it. You can do better. So, um, all right. Thank you all for listening, Josh. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye.